Hi all, Double G from Fight Game Media here, letting you know that we have a sister podcast feed to the one you're listening to right now. Mike Gilbert and J.D. Oliva have been doing a podcast called Brace for Impact, which is now on a free feed of its own. You can search for Brace for Impact in your podcast player or check out the link in the show notes. And if you want more Brace for Impact, you can find more from Mike and J.D., on our Patreon. On to the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick, and for second. Week number two, you're listening to us on the free feed. Thank you for joining us, and uh, do make sure if you haven't done it already, subscribe, like, leave us a nice review, five stars, um, and uh, and then if you get a chance, support the Patreon, uh, where you can get um, a bunch more uh, fine podcasts, including the Dynamite Show, Brace for Impact, uh, the uh, 1997 Raw reviews with uh, Garrett Gonzalez and John LaRocca. Uh, I believe that has, yeah, the five-star podcast, the Joshi podcast. And uh, yeah, and then, of course, on this fine network, you've got Pound for Pound, uh, the commercialized version of, no, Brace for Impact, the commercialized version has its own feed. That's right. Uh, we got In the Clinch. The, uh, or that's yeah, us. Uh, the Rap, which is the WWE podcast. They just did a Survivor Series review last night with Keela Cash and Scott Young, which I haven't had a chance to listen to yet, but I will be listening to at work tomorrow. And uh, also um, the new show that I believe debuted this weekend, uh, although I haven't seen it in my feed yet, The Boom, with uh, our friend uh, Peppermint Fatty, James McDaniel, and Kevin Eli uh, joining the uh, the fight game team. So I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to that one. So that's, that's all on the free feed. So yeah, just get the plugs out of the way now. And uh, yeah, and we've got, uh, you know, so it's going to be probably a shorter show tonight. Um, we, um, we only, we have the one show to look over. And honestly, there wasn't a hell of a lot there. Um, but we decided also to look back over uh, an important event that happened um, uh, this year. What year? What year was it? It was USV 40. Nine, yeah, 2002. Year, 19, 19 years 19. ago today. Wow. And one of these guys is still kind of almost active. Uh, crazy. Actually, well, yeah, in a way, the other guy too. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, we just some some other kind of fun stuff for Thanksgiving we're going to get into here. Uh, as it is Thanksgiving, uh, six weeks late as far as I'm concerned, because we already celebrated our Thanksgiving uh, the way, when it's supposed to be celebrated, the uh, second week of October. But for some reason, you guys celebrated a month before Christmas. So, um, so Ryan, uh, are you uh, looking forward to a weekend off? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll get more into that later. But, but here's a question: What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Oh, um, honestly, mashed potatoes with uh, corn uh, kind of mixed in. Okay. Like I like to put the corn in the mashed potatoes and then just throw butter in that thing and and just wait for the heart attack oh that's sounds good i'm a big <laughs> i'm a big stuffing dressing whatever you want to call it guy mm. like i could i could eat that you know any time of the year it doesn't necessarily have to be holidays i could eat that any time of the year 
funny thing with with stuffing is I've never liked stuffing. Like just I just could never get into it. And my mother-in-law, who is a terrible cook, I will not she won't ever listen to this, so I don't I don't feel bad about saying that. But she made stuffing that I actually liked. And it's literally the only thing she ever made that I liked. Um, we would go over to her house when I first started dating my wife. Of course, once I got the ring on her finger, I don't think I ever went back to my mother-in-law's place. But she still to this day comes over here. And we do the cooking because she's horrible. But uh, the stuffing, like she brings stuffing over for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter. And I will eat her stuffing. And that's literally all I'll eat. And I, I don't I don't like stuffing, but I, for some reason, something about her stuffing, I like it. So, um, so do you have turkey or um, ham or both? We both? Uh, we do turkey Thanksgiving, and that's pretty much it. it. It's usually just me and my dad. Dad eating, oh, yeah? okay. eating, eating. You know, yeah. Especially now the, these days, but uh, we and yeah. Christmas. Oh, with, we yeah, kinda, with, yeah. We kind of save. Uh, the ham sometimes for christmas sometimes we do other stuff for christmas but usually just you when we used to have big old family get-togethers we it was always turkey and ham ham so do you, have you ever done the the deep fried turkey gimmick no no we usually we usually either do it in the oven or we smoke it on our smoker just kind of just depending oh, on that sounds good depending on weather and how yeah how difficult we want to make it <laughs> Yeah, we, um, I had never tried that. And then one year, um, at, at my workplace, uh, my boss brought the big, um, I don't know what it was. It looked like a big, uh, like a bin of like that you put like crude oil in or something like that. And he used that as a deep fryer. And this turkey is so good. It was so juicy. And I'm not normally a big turkey guy, but this tasted almost like deep fried chicken. Like it was so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I, like when my wife makes turkey, I'll have the, I'll have the chicken leg I'll have the leg, I should say the turkey leg. And that's, that's usually about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, living, living in Texas, obviously deep fried turkey is a big thing, yeah. thing down here, but it's just, it's something I've never had. And I'm just more, I'm more of just like the plain old white meat, dark meat when it comes to turkey, but then give me all the dressing and stuffing you have. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, probably like the number three cause of homes being burnt down in the holiday season is uh, deep fried turkey would be my do, guess. Do it outside. Do it outside <laughs> yeah, away from the yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, now that we got everyone's appetites wet, uh, I guess as you're listening, it'll be uh, two days until the big, uh, big turkey day. The other thing is that, OK, so you guys do it on Thursday. And the one the one thing that that is good about that is everybody celebrates Christmas or I mean, Thanksgiving dinner on, you know, Thursday, you know, evening, right? Like you have Thanksgiving dinner, like it's pretty much universal in the United States in Canada, because it's on a Monday. Um, we, some, some people will do it Saturday. Some people do it Sunday. Some people do it Monday. We almost always do it Sunday. And, and I say most people I know do it Sunday. Um, the odd time we'll do it Monday. When we used to have our cabin, we would, we would have all the kids out there and we would have almost like a Thanksgiving picnic and that would be on the Monday. And then we would, when food was done, we'd clean up the cabin and pack it up for the year. Cause by the second week of October, it's starting to get pretty cold in Winnipeg. So, um, the cabin was pretty much shut down after that. I mean, I think there was one year we went in November, but, um, it, it's, 
it's pretty cold. <laughs> yeah. Me, um, me, I'll yeah. just, I'll just sit my butt in front of the TV, start watching football at football, 30, yeah. 30 in the morning and not leave that couch except when it's time to eat. So that'll be my thing. And, and you got pretty football pretty much all day. Like you get a couple hours off, right? At, mm, at some point, like I don't supper think, time. No, I don't, I don't or really is it think constant. I think it's constant. I think once one game ends, okay. the next game starts because there's three games. So. Right, it used to be two, so you would have a break. Two. Yeah, you'd have yeah, because you, off. Yeah, you always got the Lions, and, and you always Lions. got the Cowboys. Yep, and then and then, and then just whoever Redskins else sometimes yeah. or the Washington Football Club. Yeah, yeah, it's just whoever they whoever. Yeah, at night, whoever's turn it is. Yeah. yeah. At night now. Right. Yeah. And usually they want a big draw nowadays. It's probably like the Chiefs or something. I haven't it's, looked at the schedule. It's the Saints and Bills this week for the Thursday. Saints night. and Bills. So that's not a bad game. It's yeah. not a bad game. Our, our buddy Rodney, who there's no chance he's listening to this. Well, maybe he will. Yeah, we're on the free feed now. I should, I should tell Rodney to listen to this. He'll be he'll be watching. He's a big Saints fan. Uh Peppermint Fatty as well. Yeah. And he is, he will be listening. So shout out to Peppermint Fatty. Um yeah, so so we had a show. Uh, okay, let me. You know what? I don't want to get out of get off track here. Um, yeah, we had a we had a show this weekend. Um, big fight in the main event. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I was I was reading the Observer um, this morning, actually, and this afternoon, and I got to your report and I read the first like paragraph. And, and it's talking about how after a couple weekends of, of great fights and fight of the year contenders, we had a fight on this show that many people are, are, are now saying might be the fight of the year. And I'm like, okay, Varen Tate was okay, but it wasn't no fight of the year. And, and then I realized I was reading your last week's report because <laughs> you haven't submitted this week's report yet. So you were talking about Holloway Rodriguez. And I don't know if it's that we've been spoiled with a bunch of great cards or what or if it was just this card was not great or maybe a combination of both. But I mean, well, I'll put it this way. We had one finish in 11 fights and they weren't terribly compelling uh, three round decisions in a lot of these. There was one somewhat minor judging controversy, although like it was a horrible scorecard, but it didn't affect the result. Um, And the main event was, you know, it was a quality fight. Uh, but it wasn't like it wasn't anything close to the fights we've had on the last few cards. Um, Ketlin Vieira, uh, you know, she may have earned a title shot. Maybe she needs one more win. Uh, it doesn't really matter because she's going to get killed by Amanda Nunez, maybe literally. Um, Misha Tate just wasn't enough. I mean, she was right there, um, you know, at, at, at the after the fourth round, it was it was tied. So, I mean, if she would have won the fifth round, she would have won the fight, but she faded in the fifth and, and, uh, that's where the damage really started to take its toll. And Vieira kind of lit her up in the fifth and she won, uh, a unanimous decision, uh, four rounds to one on one card and three to two on the other two. Um, there was like two close rounds in this fight. And I mean, if you gave them both to Misha, which I did, and I guess a couple of the judges did, then you would have had it three, two, but the, the, the three rounds that Vieta won were clearly hers and she arguably could have even won the other two. Um, what, uh, what do you think of this main event? 
I didn't think it was that good. It was not a pretty fight, yeah. and it, it was just kind of – it was one of those that was, in my opinion, close and kind of could have gone either way, and neither woman really did anything to say, hey, I'm the winner of this fight. It just came down to who did enough to win each round, and I had it 3-2 to two for Vieira, you know, it's but it wasn't just like – you know, it's close. It was close rounds, but nothing like, you know, nobody, nobody like put a rubber stamp on it saying I'm the one who really won this fight. It was just, it was one of yeah. those where it was close enough to where if either one of them would have got it, it wouldn't have felt wrong. But uh, I mean, I think Vieira won the fight overall. But yeah, I, I think just, if Tate would have won it, yeah, I think if Tate would have won it, it would have felt wrong. I don't know. Yeah, like, personally, yeah. especially the way she looked. Yeah, you know, like I'm, yeah, and Vieira, but Vieira wasn't, you know, she wasn't doing a whole lot to no, make no. a compelling case that she won. She won, you know, a yeah. lot of these rounds, even though, you know, you, you know, but uh, yeah, I, she, I, I think, I Cormier guess, said it a couple times. Go ahead. I was gonna say Cormier said it a couple times during the fight. Vieira wasn't trying to win; she was trying not to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that's a that. Sounds right, you know, right, right there, and just yeah, I don't know, just I mean, I guess spoiled from the last, you know, I mean, last several weeks being just great cards, the great fights, but this is just like a really lackluster fight, which basically summed up the entire card, you know, on oh, Saturday. Yeah, I mean, the sad thing is, I mean, you could make a case that this was a fight of the night. I mean, it wasn't, but and it wasn't great. I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, make that case. I wouldn't make that case, but you know, no. But I mean, uh, you know, like I mean, the, the fight of the night was the Yanis fight, but um, you know what this was. I mean, it was the number seven and the number eight contender in the possibly the weakest division you know in in the sport outside of the featherweight division which is non-existent so realistically if it was any two fighters if it was any fighter besides misha tate in this fight it's not the main event and meanwhile you've got these two in the main event and it's five rounds so this was what it should have been like this is what you would expect when you have the number seven and number eight fighters in a weak division fighting each other it's just it was in the main event position of a card that was quite frankly not very good um you know there was like i said 10 decisions in 11 fights you had messaged me and i'm not sure at what point of the card you were on i think i was just about to start the main card and you said this card's a chore to get through and i mean i didn't know what i was in for because i guess i just finished the prelims and yeah i mean it, it had been six decisions but i had been watching it kind of you know off and on and i think i i was almost caught up at one point yeah i was like after the third fight fourth fight i think i was caught up and then i took took a break and then i started watching again yeah because the lupi Godinez fight i saw live the durden fight i saw most of so i missed a bit of the durden fight and because of freaking tsn um but then yeah so then i watched when i watched the main card it was just like oh my god these fights just won't end and then the only one that that did was a finish i mean it was late in the first round and i mean that one i mean if she doesn't get that finish there that one probably could have gone three rounds too because it sure didn't look like i don't know it didn't look like she was gonna get a finish i was i was kind of surprised that she did actually um joanne wood i i you know i'd have expected more out of her but um yeah so viera you know tate i guess she doesn't look like she's finished yet i mean i don't think she's ever gonna be this close to a title shot again i mean it, stranger things have happened and i suppose if she gets a win over holly home they'll probably try to 
push her into a title fight. But um, and Vieira, you know, maybe she earned a title shot, maybe she didn't. It, it doesn't really matter because Nunez, Nunez could fight with one arm and probably beat her. Um, yeah, I mean, and nothing really to the post match. Misha, you know, she did a pretty good promo. She looked like she had some pretty serious eye damage, um, and maybe some broken teeth. Like I don't know, she her voice sounded weird. Did you did you hear any injuries or anything, or did she no, just have her mouthpiece in? Is that what it was? No, no, and I don't I, I don't know. I wasn't paying any attention to. Oh, okay, to, okay, I don't yeah, think- it was just it was weird. A lot of times I don't pay attention to the post-fight interviews, so to be honest. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I do. And especially when it's someone like Tate, but she, yeah, she, she sounded like there's whistling, like in, so I don't know if she lost some teeth or again, maybe she just had her mouthpiece in, but she sounded a little off. Um, the co-main, the co-main wasn't too bad. Um, Sean Brady and Michael Chiesa, um, Brady, you know, out grappled him, which is something you don't normally do to Michael Chiesa. In fact, I think most people would have figured if this fight went to the ground, Chiesa would have the advantage, but Brady took him down a few times and kept him down and Chiesa tried to reverse position. He just couldn't do it. Got up a couple times and then more or less got taken right back down. I think Brady was starting to get tired in the third and Kiesa, you know, was was doing a little bit more and he actually won the third. But uh, Brady uh, Brady moves to 15-0 and 0 with this win. He's going to be in the top 10. Um, he, you know, they kept pressing him for a call out and uh, he just said he wants someone in the top 10 or the top five. I didn't look at your suggestions, but to me it felt like uh, Li Jing Lang might be a good fight for him. But Comes on. Um, Comes up really, eh? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Is that is that made or that's just what you said? That's what I said. And that's what Oh, okay. Oh, and then you got Kiesa against Li Jing Lang. Okay. Um, yeah, comms that. Yeah, that'd be interesting because yeah, I mean, you know, you do that and you got two super prospects and one of them's gonna move up and one of them's gonna move down. So now I'll fully say that I don't expect them to make that fight, but I really I really think that would be a compelling fight right now. In my yeah, opinion. well, that'd be a main event. That'd be a main yeah. event. And yeah. he even mentioned, he said, I see a lot of these guys getting main events and I want to be in a main event and I want to fight a top guy. So, hey, that would be, that would do it. That was actually the first name I thought of was, was, um, comms at, and then I thought, no, there's no way they'll make that fight. And then that's why I picked the guy that comms at just beat. So, um, but yours makes sense too. Yeah. They don't you know, usually, basically they, the same four guys. Yeah. Plus they usually book winners against winners, you know, that's winners. just, yeah, yeah. Fair standard enough. Booking, especially a guy who's, you know, one, four in a row in the company. Yeah. They use, that's just, that's yeah. usually both helpful. of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the more yeah. four in a row now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that'd be a good fight. Four, no, yeah. two, three. Actually, he's won five. Uh, five, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Kiesa. So yeah, Kiesa probably would have won that fight had it gone another minute. So because I mean he had yeah. Bra- yeah. he had Brady in trouble in the third round, and I even put on Twitter, which some people roasted me for, is this like I was just saying, you know, Kiesa would have won that fight had it been five round five rounds, and you know, and everybody was like, I, crap. I go like, it's just an observation, observation based yeah. on how this fight was going. This fight was going to be five rounds until five, the five round main event until you know they were able to rebook Vieira Vier and Tate on the show. So I mean, you know, so they're like. Oh well, Sean Brady would have prepared for five rounds. You know, yeah. I mean, still could have got tired. Yeah, you know, you know, Kiesa. Well, I mean, and and he, he probably looked, was preparing for five rounds yeah, until they changed it. Yeah, Kiesa looked plenty fresh at the end of the third, mm-hmm. third. So I mean, just but uh, but yeah, but I mean, Brady looked 
impressive. And I, I don't think he has to look bad. I mean, you know, he especially had a no. strong third and third. And had he, uh, had he not gotten taken down there, had they not gone to the ground at third in the third and just kept it standing, there was a good chance, you know, Kiesa might have yeah. been able to scratch out a 10 8 in there, which would have been really interesting because he was get a draw. I mean, he, I mean, he had Brady in trouble, you know, at least twice on the feet, you know, maybe even, you know, you yeah. Know, he backed him up at the one point with about a minute left. He yeah. he had him back and then he took him down. And then when he took him down, it was like, well, that was dumb. Yeah. I mean, I guess he was going to, he was landing some elbows on the ground and he, you know, like you said, if he would have had another minute, maybe, oh, I mean, yeah, I the, just thought. Yeah. Yeah. Brady was definitely saved by the, saved by the bell. You give him, a, you give Kiesa maybe even 30 seconds when he, you know, cause he had the, yeah. he had the mountain was landing big punches and elbows as, as time ran out. I mean, you give him another 30 seconds, he might've gotten a finish there, but yeah. Yeah. Hey. It, but really, I I I'll, I'll be honest with you. I thought the same thing. Like, if this goes five, uh, Kiesa probably wins. I that was immediately what I thought. Did the way the the fight ended. So, yeah. um, I I didn't see your comment because I I stay off of Twitter when I'm watching on delay. So, um, I guess we were thinking on the same wavelength. <laughs> Funny that we're thinking on the same wavelength because there's one point on the show where they aired our tweets back to back and our they were almost word for word identical. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. We'll get back to the show in just a minute, but I wanted to let everyone know about Fight Game Media Network Plus. If you enjoy the Fight Game Media Network, check out Fight Game Media Network Plus at patreon.com front slash fight game media. We have three specific Patreon-only shows, and we'll soon have monthly bonus content from the show you're listening to right now, and it's just five bucks a month, so if you want to support your favorite podcast on the network, go to patreon.com front slash fight game media and you'll get more content than you can shake a stick at. Um, so then we had, uh, yeah, I re- referenced it earlier. The only finish on the show, uh, Tyla Santos, I think that's how she pronounces it, uh, got a, a rear naked choke, yeah, 10 seconds off in the first round over Joanne Wood. Um, I mean, she looked good here. Um, she, by the way, this shows you how bad the card was. There was only three performance bonuses given out, um, and this was one of them. And then the other one was for fight of the night with Adrian Yanez and Davy Grant. Um, yeah, I mean, not much to say here. It's the flyweight division. Santos is now nineteen and one, so I mean, she's gonna get a title shot at, at some point. I mean, that's that's four wins in a row in UFC, and her only loss was a split decision in her debut. So, I mean. I, you could pretty much almost book this next, um, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, gonna, I don't know. It'd be her, Andrew, Andrea Lee. I mean, those are probably the only two. Yeah, viable contenders. I figured Joanne Wood would have got a got a got the title shot had she won here, and it kind of felt that way. And she was Wood was winning early on, and but yep. you know, but Santos has power for the division. Yep. For the division, this is really the first time she showed it off because the rest of her UFC wins have been all by decision. But you know, she rocked Wood, dropped her twice, got the choke. I mean, it was just a, it was you know, it was a performance where you say, yeah, I want a title shot afterwards. You know, we'll see. What happens? Because I mean, Valentina Shevchenko is going to need an opponent, you know, sometime. Yeah, sometime, and you know, there's it's slim, it's slim pickings in that division right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's no way that that she doesn't get a title shot in her next fight. I mean, if if she doesn't, I mean, it'd probably be the first time that anybody ever had five wins in a row in that division and didn't get a title shot. Mm. 
Um, well, that'd be that'd be, that'd be, four, that'd be, that'd be <laughs> this is four in a row in the division four. So is it four in a row? Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I thought it was five in a row, but even, even four in a row, I, I doubt Cause I mean, the division is so young anyways. Lauren, um, Lauren but, yeah, Murphy. Usually you get it with like two. Lauren Murphy, I think won five before she got okay. the, the last shot. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, yeah, Ronnie Yaya and Kyung Ho Kang. This was a classic uh, striker versus um, submission guy, artist. And both guys kind of had their moments. I mean, there was the one point when Yaya was going for some sort of a leg lock and Kang was like kind of lighting him up on the ground with punches. Uh, as both, So both guys kind of had their moments. Um, but... I don't know. Yaya won a decision. Um, I be honest, like I, I kind of was drifting in and out during this fight. I mean, it was just kind of there. Um, this was probably about the point where it started to hit me how long the show was. Um, but yeah, I mean, Yaya got a good win. Um, you know, he, he moves up to 2810. These guys are both like, you know, they're at the similar level. They're not in the top 15. They're never going to be title contenders, but they're names that people know on a card. And I don't know. It's a third straight, uh, fight without a loss for uh, for Yaya, so you know that's good for him, I guess. It was a typical Ronnie Yaya fight. Once the second round hit, the first round was you know kind of a lot on the feet, and Kong knocked him down, knocked him down. But you know Ronnie Yaya doing his thing where you know he wins rounds by even when he lands five significant strikes or less in a round, you know, just, just yeah. complete control time control on the ground in the second and third. And that was really what it was. Kang didn't have any answer for him on the mat. So, so yeah, you're yeah. pretty typical standard. If you see Ronnie Yaya win by decision a lot where he dominated on the ground, this is no different than those fights. Just, I mean, he's tough on the mat. Uh, so, you know, it's very hard to beat if he gets you down. Yeah. So the opener of the main card, Adrian Yanez won a split decision over Davy Grant. Now, if it had been 29-28 Grant, I mean, I would have thought it was the wrong decision, but I would have thought, okay, whatever, a couple of the rounds were close. But no way in hell would, did he win that fight 30-27 as one judge had it. And I think, was it Cecil Peoples? No, it was not Cecil Peoples. Oh. He hasn't judged in oh, okay. forever, but it's Tony Weeks. Okay. Tony Weeks. Okay, it was another boxing guy then. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember. I remember, I think the last time I remember Cecil Peoples judging a fight was was the okay. first Shogun Shogun Leoto fight. That's the last. Yeah, I haven't okay. heard his name heard his name as okay. a judge in ten years. But but uh, I mean, there's no way this was thirty twenty seven Davy Grant, right? No, no fucking way at all. <laughs> <laughs> Part of my language. I mean, no that's honestly one of the worst worst scorecards i've ever seen i mean yeah. i like davy grant and and I, we picked him on on the uh big payback so it would have been nice you know i thought there was a chance he might get 29 28 i had it for Giannis, obviously 29 yeah. 28 and, and uh you know i mean and Giannis could have been 30 27 honestly um you know the the rounds were you know i mean i think one of them was definitively Giannis. the other two were kind of close um and you could have gone either way on either one of them but wow, when, yeah. when I heard that, and that was the first score they read, I think. Yeah, it was. And it was like, oh my God. Yeah, because yeah, they got to the third one and you didn't know who was going to win. And I think even Grant looked kind of pissed off like he thought he'd won. The funny thing is, is the way some betting sites work, you would have got a win on this because you bet on the total score as opposed to the result on, on some. I've seen a few different betting sites with that. So technically he wins five rounds to four 
um, you know, based on the all the judges' scorecards. So, uh, but Jan has got the win. Um, you know, it's uh, again, you know, he's a bit bad to win. You know, it, that's tough division. And damn, I mean, he's won what is it, seven in a row, four, four in UFC. So he's not anybody to ignore. And yeah, you know, he's got some names people know. You know, Randy Costa before this, Gustavo Lopez, Victor Rodriguez. Um, even got a win over Kyle Estrada on the on the Indies, so or the regionals, I should say. Um, it was, it was, the fight was all right. I guess it was the main. It was a fight of the night, and it's hard to argue. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else you would go. the The first round of Yaya Kong was kind of good, but other than that, I guess it was this. I mean, um, this yeah, this was definitely the best fight on the card card for sure. And yeah, and yeah, the first two rounds were close. I was doing, I was working on my recap before we started recording and then i was looking back on my play by play and i was like talking about you know and then you know looking at the stats and all that and i go yeah the first two were actually really close and could have gone either way but yana has definitely won the third third and given yeah. grant all three rounds is just a horrendous scorecard you know that's one of the worst yeah one of the worst of the year year but you know i had it 29 28 yana's i gave him the first and the third third it was really good fight i mean yeah yana's won four in a row and has looked great in all of his fights I mean, Grant had come into this, you know, he lost his last fight, but that was to Marlon Vera, who, you know, who just got a big win over Frankie Edgar and, you know, and is a real top, you know, bantamweight. And before that, he had won three in a row. So, so this is a solid win for Yanez. And, you know, he, him and Sean O'Malley have been going back and forth. And if Sean O'Malley wins in, you know, in a few weeks, you know, I could see that fight happening, you know, and that would be, a really good fight yeah yeah absolutely uh biggest biggest fight of the career for for Giannis for sure um so uh what happened in these prelims obviously not much Uh, yeah so we had six (laughs) prelims we had six prelims all of them went to decision so uh it'll show open with Luana Pinero uh, defeating Sam Hughes, scorecards 30, 27, 37, 29, 28. Not much to this. Pinero is just better, better on the feet in the first two round, first two rounds. Hughes made a decent, decent little comeback in the third, 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 and landed more, but it wasn't, you know, it's a little too little too late, too little too late, and Pinero got the win. Win uh, second five of the night. Shalon Nerdon Becca. I learned how to. I practice pronouncing that based on what Brandon Fitzgerald was saying. That way, I I would get it right on the show here tonight. Uh, he beat Sean Soriano. Uh, twenty nine, twenty eight, all across the board. Soriano won the first, you know, with his, with his striking, you know, outlanded him a whole bunch. Nerdum Be- Becco is going for the takedown in the first, but really couldn't get him, couldn't get it because Soriano reversed when he got it. But Nerdum Becca was able to get the takedowns in the second and the third. Soriano kind of looked like he gave up in the third after he got suplexed pretty. It was a pretty big suplex, and uh, Nerdum Becca had his had him on the ground and his back for the rest of the round. And Soriano looked like he gave up, and that that was the difference in the fight right there. Uh, next fight, flyweight fight, Cody Durden, uh, you know, uh, won a decision over uh, Aori Kaling, or however you. I I did not practice pronouncing this name, so I apologize. But a twenty nine twenty eight around around all three scorecards. Uh, 
close fight overall. Yeah, there we go. Uh, close fight over overall. Durden was uh, Galang was better on the feet. Durden was winning the grappling and just uh, Durden landed more in the third to get the round. And because what's his name Aori was uh, kept grabbing the fence whenever Durden was trying to take it down. Durden had some really bad post fight comments saying that he wanted oh, to yeah. send this guy back to China where he came from, which shouldn't have oh. been said and doubled down on it. And there was a lot of outspokenness, you know, from people. I don't know. I what does that know. even mean? <laughs> he, he came. I know. I know what he meant, but I mean the way it came out. He just so the way he came out was yeah, ignorant and ignorant. Yeah. You know, considering everything going on in the in the world, I yeah. I get what he said afterward. He's just like the guys from China. I wanted to send them back where he comes from, but yeah, so the way you said it kind of well, yeah, came that's really, not what you meant. Really insensitive. Yeah. So so yeah, he didn't make he didn't make a lot of friends. Even even Daniel Cormier didn't want to let him talk after that after no. that and they made him and Brandon Fitzgerald made a comment afterwards <laughs> words to each other yeah like, he apologized oh, he said I never should have let that happen yeah yeah uh, uh, next fight strawweight fight Lupi Godinez beat Loma Luke Bume unanimous decision 30-27 across the board that's what I had uh, Luke Bume was got a little bit of the better standing early in the first but then Godinez started with the takedowns and she started getting the better of the striking throughout the fight throughout the fight just you know dominant grappling showing showing Luke Bume had you know she had some good moments in the third in the third, even though Godinez took her down a few times, and Godinez was huge in there, you know they looked a weight weight class apart. So I mean that played a yeah huge difference in that. Uh, third, uh, fifth fight on the card: Rafa Garcia uh, de- uh, beat the debuting undefeated Nathan Levy, twenty nine twenty eight scorecards across the board. I actually had this fight twenty nine twenty eight for Levy. I was one of only two people who had it. I thought the first two rounds rounds were Levy's rounds because Garcia Garcia in the first he got a couple of takedowns. Levy was winning the fight on the on the feet for for starters, but Garcia got a couple of takedowns. But he actually just did nothing with them, and Levy actually landed from the bottom, which I thought was the big difference in the first. Uh, second round, uh, Garcia got two takedowns. Levy got three, and it was again Levy landing more more on the feet, which uh, all the judges gave, gave him the second, the third Garcia actually got multiple takedowns and did stuff with, with the takedowns. And he clearly won the third. It kind of came down to the, to the first, which I, I guess the judges scored the takedowns more instead of, you know, actually looking what they did with the takedowns. I'm not that, I'm not that big of a fan of scoring, scoring rounds for fighters who get takedowns, who just get takedowns and do nothing with them. I feel like, I feel like you need to get the takedowns down and then get about immediate 20 seconds of offense to actually say hey that was a worthy takedown that would would win you around but yeah you know some some judges don't know it still don't understand it <laughs> so and then last fight of the prelims pat sabatini beat tucker lutz unanimous decision had a couple 30 27s and a 30 26 just all domination by sabatini yeah. on the on the ground 
took him down multiple times, times, you know, had him close to being finished in the first, had him close to being finished in the second. Second was a really dominant round because Sabatini took him down within like the first 20 seconds and had him down on the ground for the rest of the round. Uh, third round was a little bit closer, but Sabatini still won it with his, with the grappling. And, you know, it's good, good, solid win for him. Lutz had one twelve in a row coming in and Sabatini has looked really good in the UFC. And, you know, he's one of those Philly fighters, teammates with Sean Brady. I mean, that's they're kind of that little camp that they have is is on the come up so you know that's a really good win for him yeah speaking of that that sean brady in his post-fight interview was also asking for a show in philly said they'll sell out the uh, first union center or whatever it's called and um and that you know he mentioned sabatini and a bunch of the other philly fighters as well that uh you know would would uh said they'd fill up that arena so maybe they'll do that in the in the new year um i wish i had an opinion on the garcia levy fight but i didn't see it because uh tsn uh aired it on tsn2 it was in the listing so i set my pbr recorded it sit down to watch it and i'm watching tennis and the first 50 minutes of their broadcast was was uh was tennis and then all of a sudden it came in about halfway through the third round of the sabatini lutz fight so i missed uh most of that fight and all of garcia levy i saw everything before that on ufc fight pass um but or and tsn.ca yeah that was another one so we go from tsn.ca no we go from fight pass to tsn.ca to tsn2 unlike in the u.s like you so nicely yes. put it where you just put on espn plus and yes let it run yes if yeah. we have any new listeners who live in canada i feel for you because paul literally messages me every week week about how to watch yeah. the show show because he's he's not always on twitter you know like i yeah like i like i am he may he'll maybe get on it like once once a day once a day and, I, and then i see ufc canada tweeting out how to watch and i'm just like and i look at it and it's just like so confusing to me just looking at it i go like you're like yeah man, they have to switch like channels like four times for first hour of prelims are on this and the next two hours of prelims yeah. are on this channel and then, and then the first hour of the main cards on this channel and then the last two hours of the main cards on the, this channel and then it turns out like it's not even on the channel it's not even right it's not yeah. even right and like, all that and and me and me my lazy ass this show started at two o'clock yeah. i turn on espn plus get the stream going on espn plus at 159 and don't have to change it at all at all you know and i really wish it was that easy for for oh, canada or i would other, pay i would pay like 20 bucks a month to be able to get espn plus get you, um you know get you a vpn yeah get i VPN. have a vpn but i don't i don't want to screw up my um my apple tv um so they the um this wasn't like the French Open or something that they were preempting this for either. This was like some grandmasters tournament in the middle of Europe with like nobody in the crowd and and we're watching like two people I've never heard of and and I actually like tennis. So um this was yeah, it, you know, and yeah, and it, you're not even exaggerating like they and then they say tsn.ca. So I go to tsn.ca and it, I can't find it anywhere. So then just on a whim, I to, I fire up my tsn app, which it's not supposed to be on. But then I look on the bonus feeds. They got like 19 channels and one of these bonus feeds happened to have the UFC on it. So I, I watched it there and I happened to click on just as the first fight or it was the third fight was starting. So I didn't miss anything there. And then I stayed through there through the Lupi Godinez fight. And then I think I even asked you at one point, I'm like, oh, 
oh, is is there no fights until four o'clock? And you're like, no, this is here's where they are. And I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, it's it's make they make it frustrating. And you know what the funny the thing is, like any casual fan, like they're not trying this hard. They're just not watching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and especially for a card like this. And the main and the, I'll tell you this too, the main card on the listings, it said it was the prelims. So I recorded it because I knew it was going to be the main card based on the time, but it said it was the prelims. It did not say anything about Misha Tate. It was advertising Pat Sabatini and Tucker Lutz as the main event of the prelims. And if 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 I'm a casual fan, if if this is boxing, and you know, and, and I know it's like you know maybe a guy I've heard of in the main event, and maybe I want to watch, but then they're talking about the prelims, and there's a whole bunch of people I don't know. I'm not watching, so they got to get their shit together. Yeah, but. Anyways, yeah, so that was the last card before the Thanksgiving break. Um, so we got next week off, and then is it is it three weeks in a row or two? Three weeks in a row. I think it, three weeks, yeah. So the 4th, 11th, the 18th. The 11th is a pay-per-view. Um, the 4th is, what's the main event of the 4th? Rob Font and Jose Aldo. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Then, of course, we got the 11th, which is from MGM Grand, which I... T-Mobile. mistakenly thought T-Mobile. was msg again or T-Mobile. t-mobile yeah when i did when i did in my little uh video update a little while ago I, I got through about half of it thinking it was an msg card and then i corrected myself and then uh and then what's the the 18th is what the Derek lewis and chris Dawkins is the main event oh right 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 oh that oh yeah right our boy and, chris and if you look at if you look at the lineups for all three shows especially the pay-per-view it's gonna be you know it's a pretty deep you know everybody was yeah complaining about these you know you know outside of a couple of shows these cards being being weak i mean the two fight night cards cards in december are pretty deep and of course you got this pay-per-view card is just absolutely loaded from top to bottom so so it's really three three really strong cards to close out the year and and then and then it's like and then i think there's uh either three i think there's three straight saturdays three straight saturdays might be four well there you know technically it's four weeks from show to show but but that's three saturdays oh, okay. with okay. No, nothing because the so saturday because christmas because the next two saturdays christmas, are, New the, Year's. are the 25th and yeah. the first which obviously they're not going to run show yeah. shows on those days and and they're just following the same schedule where they just don't come back yeah. until the third week of january because the eighth is still so, there's still college football going on going on so some the 15th of these, is the first show the in, first in 2022 show. okay yeah. Okay, so we got we got three weeks off. Um, so, um, I mean, this card though, this was like, this was like the exact opposite of one of those cards that looks like nothing on paper and then turns out to be like a really great card. This card actually looked not too bad on paper and it just didn't deliver at all. Because I mean, you had names on here, and and if we had had like you know six or seven finishes, like you'd have been talking about this. Wow, what a great card! Yeah, you know, but we just didn't get any of that. And, and it was just a bunch of dudes and ladies fighting. And, and it's like, yeah, you know, because, I mean, you don't always get, like, a quality co-main like Sean Brady and Michael Chiesa and then, like, a Joanne a, Wood. Yeah, that one was a good fight, though. You know, so, so. Yeah, and Davy Grant, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, these are names that people, like, Ronnie Yaya. Like, the whole main card was fights, was people, uh, fighters people know. And that is definitely not always the case on these ESPN Plus cards. The prelims were the prelims. I mean... Yeah. You know, when when the big story is Lupe Godinez, I mean, you know, and that was a big story, but, um, you know, and then Cody's promo. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, these these uh, December shows will deliver. 
Um, so we referenced at the beginning of the show, uh, we wanted to talk about a big card from 19 years ago this week. Uh, in fact, as we're recording, it was 19 years ago today. I assume this was a Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, do you know? Sure. Off the top of your head? <laughs> sure. Okay. They didn't, they didn't well, really... I mean, it, yeah, they didn't really make a big deal. I'm trying to think. What's it? So it's the... Th- it's the third. No, it wouldn't be actually. It's always it's the last fourth Thursday. It, it's the last yeah, Thursday so, of the month. Always, yeah. So. so it wouldn't have been Thanksgiving. It would have been the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah. But it was in Vegas. It was at the MGM Grand. Uh, T-Mobile wasn't a thing yet. And uh, and it was uh, Tito Ortiz and Ken Shamrock, which was a huge fight at the time. Uh, I, I think mean, it set a record like for buys other than like the first five. Um, you know, they did 150,000 buys, which is like this was a time when they weren't even on major cable systems. And for them to do that was, I mean, almost unheard of. It'd be the equivalent of doing like a half million if they would have had full clearance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean this. I mean, you know more about this than I do. I mean, I've obviously gone back and watched it, but um, the um, and you know, I just finished reading Ken Shamrock's book, so I know a lot of the backstory. But um, the you lived it. You were watching at the time, and and uh, how big was this to you? I mean, it was. So when you when you start at the timeline from when the Fertitas bought the UFC, this would you know this would be the first. I would call the first major like landmark moment from the time they bought time they bought it because this was this was actually a profitable show at the time it set the company record for attendance the company record for gate it uh I mean it was Ken Shamrock returning to the UFC he had fought a couple of times since he had since he had left you know his his WWE or WWF run run, but this was his big return to the UFC. And Tito Ortiz at the time was the big star, and they you know they it was really the first time you saw a fight where trash talk was utilized in building up a fight, and they and this was you know and uh, UFC got on best damn sports show period period with these two with these two and they were talking right. trash and that was the very very you know that was the very first exposure for a lot of people to the ufc and i remember you know i was watching at the time and i remember that being a really big deal big deal i mean and, and they even like aired they even did like a ufc 37.5 which was all broadcast on on the uh best damn sports show period it was when chuck liddell and vidor belfort fought but uh these two i mean this was also the first show that started getting a little bit of media exposure from espn and usa today usa today and uh, a lot of people feel like this was the show that showed that mma would eventually survive in america took a little bit longer really took until until the ultimate fighter got on spike tv spike tv that was the next real kickoff but this one this one probably saved Zufa for for a while because they made a profit on the show. They, you know, they were still running in the red, but it was kind of you know, it was kind of a turning point to where you see like if just some broadcast or some television network would latch on that that this sport could explode, and it was all had to do with Tito Ortiz and Ken Shamrock and basically how they built up the fight because the fight itself wasn't. A whole lot of anything because Tito just dominated it, it, dominated the fight, and Shamrock was clearly not 
in the class of Tito, Tito and, you know, Shamrock's corner ended up stopping it at the end of the third, third, but it was, you know, so really big show, big show. Looking back at the time, you know, the very first show I went to was the first Tito and Chuck Liddell fight. And this show had a lot to do, do with, you know, getting my interest that big. I mean, and even Chuck Liddell was in the co-main, you know, knocking out Bob Luso brawl. Yeah. So wrong, you know, and just, and then we look at the card. I mean, we're talking about this was what, 19 years ago today. And it had Robbie Lawler and Andre Arlovsky who are still in the UFC fighting to this day on it. So, so I mean, you know, so. Well, still is, is they're fighting in the UFC again would be a little more accurate, but, um, and really like Andre Arlovsky, when he got his win here, he moved to five and three. So, I mean, it wasn't like this guy was, you know, like at the start of a hall of fame career or anything. I mean, he was a, you know, barely a 500 fighter and this kind of, you know, they get that first round KO over, over Ian, the machine. And again, I just watched this not that long ago and that kind of started him on the road to where he, you know, eventually won the heavyweight title. Um, the second round KO of, of Babalu by Chuck Liddell. I mean, that set him up for a title fight with Tito. And even though he lost his next fight, they still went ahead and did the title fight anyways. Um, cause that's what they did back then. Um, and, uh, and you know, it's still now, but people act like it, this is a new thing. And I mean, he lost, he got knocked out by Randy Couture in his next fight. And then the next UFC fight he had was against Tito for the title. Uh, or I guess it wasn't for the title, was it? Uh, no, it was just the main event because Tito had lost the title by then. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of, I mean, they could have had another big money fight if, if the cards had worked out right for that one. I guess that was the first one you saw, but it was, I guess maybe it eventually made the 2006 fight bigger. Um, you know, when they, when they did the year end show that did a million buys, um, in uh 2006 well the 2006 the 2006 tito chuck fight got as big as it did because well i mean tito left for a while and then he came back and shamrock came back and they did the ultimate fighter fighter there you know right during during the 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 winter and spring months of of 2006 and then tito and ken fought two more times they fought on a massive pay-per-view and had a controversial you know, finish in a fight refereed by Herb Dean, which (laughs) (laughs) even in 2006, you know, the more things change. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then they fought again on free TV, free TV and Tito, you know, obviously Ken was way past his prime and shouldn't have been fighting at that point. Any, anyway, but those two fights really, I think that really helped, you know, push that, push that second Chuck Tito fight over the million buys buys, you know? Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, the combination just, I think everything just kind of fell into place for them. I mean, some of it was by design, but a lot of really good luck there too. Yeah. Um, but like you said, Robbie Lawler got a big win here. Big KO win, moved to 7-0. and uh, Andre Olavsky, another first round KO. A lot of quick finishes on this card. Uh, Matt Hughes defended the um, welterweight title um, against uh, Gil Castillo. Uh, he and Carlos Newton got a big win here. Um, yeah, so I mean, a lot of like basically every almost every fighter on this card, except for the first prelim, were you know darn near close to Hall of Fame fighters. Yeah. Um, you know, Vladimir Matyshenko. I mean, that's somebody everybody knows, not necessarily Hall of Fame, but 
Um, yeah, big card again, like this was way off my radar at the time, like 2002, I was like, you know, right into wrestling and I was probably watching TNA at the time, but, and, uh, WWE, but, uh, you know, I, I obviously, I watched the best damn sports show. So I, I would have saw these two and that's, you know, that's probably where Tito kind of first got on my radar would, would probably be around this time. Cause yeah. it was pretty hard to escape it. And, you know, listening to Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave would have been talking about him, too. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so that was a big, big show yeah. 19 years ago this yeah. week. And real quick, for, for those who are new listeners, I like to I like to occasionally go back and look at, you know, big turning point cards, you know, here on the show. Because I get so frustrated, like like reading MMA Twitter these days. And it's all these people who came on when, when Connor became a big thing in 2015. And they think they know all about the sport. And I go like, guys, you should be watching. If you'd have been watching this as long as I have, you would have seen some crazy, crazy stuff, you know. You know, and so you missed yeah. out. So I really am trying to expose these older shows and be like, hey, go watch these shows. Learn, learn, your, learn your history the UFC there was a, you know there there's you know there's 20 years of pre-Connor stuff to learn <laughs> you know, yeah so well that's why I went back and watched a lot of this um yeah. you know I was I started at UFC one and I got I got all the way up to about 50 and then you know at that point it was started to be like okay these are starting to get like stuff I actually remember. So maybe I'll stop here. And then, you know, I was just getting so busy, you know, with the podcasting and, and all that other stuff. But uh, yeah. yeah, I, uh, I yeah, I'd strongly recommend going to watch this one. Cause this is an easy show to watch, you know, with all the I mean, finishes and the fight, big stars and eight fights, eight finishes and six of them in the first, first round. So, yeah. Yeah. We just had that show a couple of weeks ago where I said, uh, you know, was this the one too? I think this is the one where they ended up showing every fight on the main card because of all the quick finishes. So yeah, this is one I, of those. I can't remember. I can't remember. Well, I can't imagine they didn't with, you know, with, with all these early finishes. Um, I know I saw all the fights on the DVD, but I mean, that's not necessarily what sh what showed up on the broadcast. Um, and I do have this. I have this DVD uh, sitting on my shelf uh, kind of behind me as we're recording. One other thing I wanted to ask you about this. I want to see if you know. Um, so after the next fight for Ken Shamrock, after this, do you know who it was against? Not in UFC, but in in MMA. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, he went back to Pride, I think. It's a guy that's active in a way to this day. In fact, you may have seen him um, in a combat sport very recently. His his next fight. His next fight was against Chemo, from what I can remember. Okay, so his next actual uh, fight in an MMA promotion was against Chemo at UFC Payback. But he fought, and this looks like it was a shoot, um, against Shinsuke Nakamura uh, on an NJPW show. But it was it was fought under shoot rules, and they went to a five-minute draw. This was on, in March 2004. Oh, I mean, it was in it's in New Japan wrestling, I, you know. The, but well, I, I it looked, I it looked, I think it was a shoot. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, I, whatever. I mean, you know. Yeah, I just thought that was cool. I was looking at his record because I was trying to figure out, you know, where they go from here and stuff like that. And then I saw Shinsuke Nakamura, and then he ended up fighting um, uh, Sakuraba, like at, in Pride, uh, a couple fights later too. So another guy that's still, I think he's. He's oh no he he's not fighting. Well, he might still be fighting. Uh, Rob is not fighting. Yeah, 
No, he's not fighting, but he's wrestling, I think. Yeah. I mean, I Saka, he's in Noah. Yeah. The Sakuraba fight was before, yeah. was before he came back for the Tito stuff. Cause I remember yeah. the chemo, yeah. chemo fight because they, that was a main of, that was a main event. And they were talking about how it was, you know, Ken's first fight since the Tito Ortiz fight and all that, you know. That's really like chemo is probably his last like real win. I mean, he had a couple wins, but I mean, they they may have been dives. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Jonathan Ivy and Ross Clifton. Um, I think Ivy was an injury forfeit, maybe, and then was, Clifton was that guy probably took a dive. Um, but yeah, anyway. I mean, that was two thousand four. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So that was uh, that was UFC forty. I just I was blown away by the fact that he. I had no idea he you know quote unquote fought Shinsuke Nakamura, which is kind of cool. Um, and yeah, Nakamura is still still around to this day and looks great. So he must have been really young then. Um, okay. And, uh, so we got, uh, oh, we have to talk about segment and I like your idea this week. So, uh, why don't you tell us what we have to talk about? Okay. For this week for, we have to talk about segment because it wasn't a whole lot that went on this week, but we're going to talk about things that we're thankful for in MMA in 2021. And myself and Paul have both come up with three things that we're thankful for in mixed martial arts in the year 2021 so let's have at it okay so what uh you you want to do one at a time yeah let's go one at a time so okay so i'll go first okay uh i'm thankful for max holloway he is a blessing uh he's blessed and he's a blessing. I love to watch him fight. I love to watch him talk. I think he's a great representative for the UFC. Um, he's just, you look at him and he's a fighter. And and I just love it. So I'm thankful for Max Holloway. All right. The first thing I'm thankful for this year is all of the great fights we've seen. Well, I mean, we started, you know, we started off the very first UFC card of the year. Had the aforementioned Max Holloway in that in that just in completely incredible, credible performance against Calvin Kadar. And then you go back and then you come all the way to November and we're just coming off of two shows that had three legitimate fight of the year contenders on it. There's just been crazy action all, all year. I mean, this is, you know, if you're a fight fan and you love fights i mean 2021 might be the strongest year for actual fighting you know that i can remember in a long time maybe ever you know so so you know i've been i'm thankful for all these great fights we've seen this year so i am thankful for uh espn plus uh, for all you uh, American listeners, and I wish we had it here, but you know what? Since it's American Thanksgiving, we can be thankful for ESPN Plus because you got a one-stop shop there where you can watch all your shows. You got a show pretty much every weekend. You even have non-UFC stuff, um, you know, with uh, PFL being on there sometimes, and um, you know, and, and then you got all those other sports. You got NHL hockey, which I like, and uh, um, you know, I don't even know what else is on there, but all the time, and then all. Those great talk shows so yeah i'm i'm thankful for espn plus okay and my second thing i'm thankful for this year is is crowds being back i mean i love these oh, empty yeah. i love these empty arena shows there's just a whole different feel to them especially when they were happening last year but if you remember the very first show show that we had back in jacksonville just an absolutely insane crowd from the from the start i've been to a couple of ufc events since with crowds since crowds have started coming back Even 
even getting COVID on, at one of them. I mean, it it doesn't, you know, it's still, there's still nothing like watching, you know, UFC with a, an arena full of fans. And we've had some great, great, you know, great cards with great crowds. The May show in Houston, the July show in Vegas, the Madison Square Garden crowd was fantastic. Um, I'm sure in a couple of weeks, you know, with that major show in Vegas, that that crowd's going to be great. Just, I mean, just having fans back in the arena has just been, has, you know, made some of these shows and some of these fights just, you know, better. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And that, that, those are both good calls. Um, I am thankful for all you people listening. And, uh, you know, that, that make it possible for us to do this. I want to thank the people that supported us on the Patreon and, and that continue to support us on the free podcast and that get the word out there. I want to thank all the people that I think I'm thankful for the people that we interact with on Twitter, um, you know, for ESPN, for putting those tweets up. So then we get more followers and we get more people to interact with. And I enjoy conversing back and forth. Even when I don't agree, I try to be respectful to you if you're respectful to me. And if you're not respectful to me, then and I can dish it right back to and I know Ryan does the same thing um, but I am definitely thankful for um, for the for all you MMA fans out there and uh, you know without you uh, we got nobody to, we're just talking into mics and nobody's listening so uh, thank you and uh, here's to uh, a great 2022 yeah my third thing I'm thankful for it's kind of a two in one it goes back to you know much like Paul I'm thankful for this podcast and you know all these you know new twitter followers we get uh, that i get on a weekly basis because i'm always on you know espn whether people like it or not i don't i don't know why they would hate it I don't, i'm completely harmless but i get enough hate messages and i'm like i like paul hey if you're nice and respectful to me i will interact if you're disrespectful to me i just mute you i don't even block you because blocking people get gives us sort of some sort of satisfaction when you get muted you don't even know so those people will talk at you and it's just like talking to air because you don't even see it see it so i mean i unless, you know unless somebody somebody quotes it right yeah i mean i don't even know if they see that if you can see it if they're muted oh yeah you might muted. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't block yeah. people. I don't want them to have the satisfaction of, of being like, yeah, I got him to block me. Yeah, that's what I wanted. No, you get muted. I think that's being. I think that's worse than being blocked. But yeah, those people oh, yeah. who are very nice and respectful, I will conversate with you all day, and I hope that turns you into readers of mine and listener listeners of the show. And and yeah, I'm thankful for this podcast and everybody we work with. I'm thankful for Paul for putting up with me every week. Every <laughs> Every week, even, you know, even on, even on times when, you know, we're, you know, when we have some disagreements off, you know, you know, not on the, we don't have disagreements really on this show, but there's, there's been other times where we ha we've had disagreements mainly about wrestling stuff, stuff I mean, when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to MMA stuff, no one we're pretty much on the same page, but, but, you know, sometimes it's wrestling stuff. The, the one, the one week where I told you you're one comment away from hosting this show by yourself. Yeah. And I think you pulled that on me like two or three times. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. well, it, it stopped the conversation. I, I gotta tell you, I had a, I had a conversation with the, with the guy on Twitter, um, this week. I, so I, I, I was watching the Tate fight live cause I got, I got, or yeah, it was, I was live for the main event. Yeah. You were. Cause I, yeah. I got a couple of tweets on the screen. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, um, so I, yeah, cause I put the one tweet on, uh, 10, nine Tate really close first round and, uh, you know, and then, um, 
And then this guy responds and he's, I can't remember exactly what he said. And he's like, oh, that's just wrong or something. And, and I said, so what was wrong that it was Tate's round or that it was close? And he said, I don't know what you're watching. He said, I thought Vieira's uh, strikes were more impactful and, and it was really close, but I thought Vieira won. And I'm like, so we basically said the same thing. <laughs> like I said, it was really close and I could go either way, but I picked Tate and he's like, oh, that's so wrong. And then, so we ended up like we had, we shared a few tweets back and forth. And by the end of it, it was very civil. Cause I just, I want to know what did you disagree with? I wasn't like, you know, I think he was looking for a fight and I was just looking for a conversation. So yeah. that's kind of, those are the kind of the, um, the exchanges I appreciate. So I'm glad we both kind of like that. So yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and my other part of the third thing I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for having this week off because, Yes. Because, because I don't know about everybody else, but but you know I might not write for an MMA junkie or an ESPN yet. Hopefully one day that that'll come. But I probably write more about mixed martial arts in a given week than just about anybody does. Anybody does. So whenever I can have a week off from that, I am thankful for it. <laughs> they don't you know what i as much as i would love the prestige of writing for one of those sites and and the money too i the work i'm just not interested <laughs> i i i am not as prolific as you and i would get bored and not bored that's not the right word i would get tired of it very quickly and i don't mean tired of it like sick of it i mean i would get physically tired from writing that much um so i'm thankful that there's guys like you out there that do that and guys like nick baldwin who we had on a few weeks ago and and people like that you know and your bread okamoto's and your uh you know even ariel like the work he does like he doesn't do any writing but his uh podcast and you know and and that so yeah all the, all those people that put in that work and then i just get to talk about it a little bit and, and it's fun this is a lot of fun for me you get a little bit of money but it's mostly for fun so uh we got a quick news rundown we got a little bit more time here left so uh ryan you had a few news news notes a little bit more than usual um so why don't you tell us what you want to highlight okay um it's looking like uh, Kamaru Usman and Leon Edwards are going to fight in the spring sometime. We've talked about, we've talked about, we talked about last week, you know, with Masvidal pulling out and what would happen with Edwards and all these people were throwing out fights for Edwards. But Usman needs an opponent. Edwards, you know, he had that clause in his contract that he was going to get get a title shot if he beat Masvidal, and it just seems like they're just going straight to that title fight, title fight because Edwards is deserved deserves it we i mean we don't need to go go into it so they're looking at that possibly in the in the spring sometime march april somewhere around that that time frame um you know and speaking of kamara usman uh just came out ufc 268 the msg card with him against colby covington looks to have done about uh, done about seven hundred thousand buys just on espn plus hmm. that is not a worldwide wow. number that doesn't include you know overseas and canada with canada and all these non-espn plus things if you factor all that in you know we could be close Probably to like 900 900 to a million somewhere in that range you know overall which you know wow which is strong I guess that's about i guess that's about what we i guess that's about what we figured maybe a little bit stronger yeah yeah i mean you know i i was personally of the opinion opinion that that usman especially after that second masvidal fight how that ended that that he was a much bigger star than he was and and you know because covington covington gets a lot of attention but their first fight didn't draw all that well and it was with a you know with two big other title fights on it and i was just like 
you know, maybe the rematch had more interest. I don't think Colby's that that huge of a draw to, you know, bump it up from, you know, 325 to 700, you know, I, you know, and I don't know if, you know, I think, you know, Ro, Rose being on the card had a little bit to do with it as well as Gates G, G and Chandler had a lot to do with that too. So. I think Gates G Chandler had a lot so, to do with it. Yeah. So I think, you know, you can't, you know, you combine all three of that, you know, so you had a yeah. strong show. Uh, you know, there's more. Okay. Next item. Uh, there's more rumors going around that, that March 19th is going to be UFC returning to London. Um, it's kind of look sounding like that Darren Till will possibly headline. He wants to fight Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland wants to fight Paulo Costa and Jack Her- or Jack Hermanson next. So we'll kind of just see. Till Till and Strickland would, you know, make sense, you know, you know, to me, even though Strickland's on a little bit of a longer yeah. win streak. But I mean, you know, I mean Till against anybody, anybody and I mean UFC's gonna sell out a return to London. Doesn't matter, you know, who's in the main event. But yeah. Uh uh, John Jones is going to be going to be returning to action. You know, we'll just call that. He's going to be returning to action to December 9th uh, grappling contest with uh, Jake Hager. So, yeah. Uh, excuse me real quick. All right. Big Haas, Jake Hager. Jake Hager, you know. W- WWE superstars, John Jones called them. Yeah. <laughs> he had no he has no idea about AEW, which he's which he's no. on Twitter. Twitter. Also I also love that John Jones said this week was he was uh sixty yeah. days so sober this weekend and then then Mike Bond from MMA Junkie pointed out it's only been fifty eight days since his arrest. Okay, sure, you wanna say you're sixty days sober sober, but uh Okay, this is MMA sober. MMA sober, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's a question: If you're smoking yeah. weed, if you smoke weed, can you say you're sober? Well, um, I mean, you can. I mean, you'd be lying, but you can. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, it depends what you. It depends what you're quitting. Um, you know, I I put it this way: I've I've been in recovery, and um, I know guys who you know they're in there for alcohol, and and they're doing weed, and they're still claiming to be sober because they're not drinking alcohol and i guess it's the same thing as what john jones is saying yeah he should just say i'm 60 days alcohol free but yeah I mean, or it, he could just shut his mouth yeah but <laughs> hey if, if he's if he's if he's telling the truth that's good for him because yeah. i hey I you have, know what if it's 58 or 60 it, you know it's good for him good yeah for him. yeah if he's telling the truth about being alcohol free good for him because you know even with everything that publicly known privately, I've seen him when he's been drunk, been drunk, and it's just better if he's just sober. So, yeah, so you know, yeah. well, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Al Iaquinta, Al Iaquinta is talking about retirement. You know, he's just you know, oh. you know, so not so, not uh, not surprising based not surprising. on the last he, fight. Yeah, he was saying he on his show he was saying saying he's thinking that's it after UFC 268. I won't call it a retirement. I don't I don't consider MMA being re- an MMA retirement official until you've hit age 45. 45 because we all know people come back all the time all the time, but whether it's a retirement or a break, he's thinking about it. And the uh, last thing I wanted to talk about, uh I think this is the last thing. I, I can't think of anything else happened today. But anyway, uh this kind of 
comes in your wheelhouse a little bit. But Canada is joining, you, you know, much like the United States and much like every other country, like like visiting athletes are going to be have, have to be fully vaccinated to compete in the country effective January 15th. So this affects UFC. It affects yeah. NBA, NHL, MLB, any any sport. WWE. WWE they're they're yeah. coming to Winnipeg on uh, on January 22nd. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I mean, UFC was talking about, you know, returning to Canada, Canada, you know, as quickly as they could in 2022. I mean, you know, I don't know if this will throw a monkey wrench into it, but I mean, it's you're basically having to plan it like you are having to plan, you know, plan fights, you know, in the U.S., you know, about who can and can't fight. I mean, I know Dana, yeah. like I, I, before I let I'll let you get in real quick. But before before I yeah. stopped, I wanted to say like uh, Dana, you know, he said he's not going to make the vaccine mandatory, and I get it, you know. A lot, and these guys are independent contractors, and and even though you can make independent contractors that you contract get it, you know, get it. And there's loopholes possibly in there, but. Uh, I'm going to say I don't know that they should mandate it. I think it's still a personal choice, but I would say it. I would say they should start telling fighters and maybe they have, maybe they haven't. I don't know exactly, but if you want to have be guaranteed to be fighting, you need to get it because uh, that's the only way they can guarantee that they're going to be able to to book you i mean and you know and, yep they, and we've they seen can't and we've, make it mandatory yeah and we've seen we've seen so many i've seen so many instances where where when people you know when it's when it's come to choose between vaccine and vaccine and employment they choose employment so i mean like i said yep. it's a it's a personal choice i don't want to talk about about that you know mm-hmm. stuff any any more you know than we need than we need to because no, everybody's but got as their it, opinion as it but, pertains but as, but as it, it pertains, pertains to pertains to having, yeah, a, to having a UFC yeah. career, I think it's beneficial for fighters just because, like we said, the United States has this, Canada has this, any major country mm-hmm. that UFC is going to run is a, is likely to eventually have this. I'm sure England will have it. I'm sure Australia will have it, have it for sure, the way Australia is. New Zealand will for sure have it. China will have it. Japan will have it. I mean, you know, I think Ireland already does. does. So, I mean, anywhere they run – run you know abu dhabi doesn't have it but abu dhabi is also the most <laughs> vaccinated the most vaccinated country in the world so so you know yeah so it's just i is i what would it is. i would say like the in terms of canada like already right now like you don't have to be vaccinated but what happens is if you're not vaccinated you have to do 14 days of quarantine so or it might be seven but it's either seven or 14 but either way so effectively if you're a athlete from outside the country and you're not vaccinated you can't perform um now i guess ufc would be different because you could come in early but for basketball players for um hockey players uh baseball they can't you know you basically couldn't do a road trip to canada and that has applied to a few nhl players it's applied to obviously to nba players i think the most famous is what kyrie irving right is the nba player that won't get vaccinated yeah so he hasn't been he wasn't able to come and play in toronto um and obviously in a lot of jurisdictions in the united states either right yeah i mean he i mean his team he plays for brooklyn nets new New york has has a mandate that you have to be right if you're an athlete who 
who's main who mainly competes in that state you have to be vaccinated and he wouldn't get it so he couldn't play any home games so that meant he could yeah. only play 41 games maximum for the team and the team said we're not gonna we're not gonna let you play no. because we're not gonna spend you know all our time game planning for you only to be you know available for half the games at most i mean you well, know, they can't- well less than half because you can't play in toronto either yeah. So and that's yeah. they they got they got through two or three games a year in Toronto. So yeah, yeah. So I mean it, it's a it's a fact of life, and and I know what you get about not wanting to talk about this, but I mean as it pertains to the active status of athletes, I think it's something we have to talk yeah. about. Yeah, you know whether or not you want to do it. The fact is, is if you don't do it, you're not going to be fighting. Yeah. So yeah. you know it's, it's up to you. You know if you want to get a vaccine, go ahead. If you don't want to get a vaccine, you don't have to, but you're not going to be fighting. Yeah. yeah. My own job. My own job, I have to get a vaccine or I have to get tested like four times a week. Yeah. And I work from home and, and they're saying that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't really understand why I need to have a vaccine, but it's okay because yeah. I was doing it anyways. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just what they said. So. Yeah. And, I, and um, the only reason I don't want to talk about it is because I don't want the listeners to start yeah. having no, an no, opinion. No. Like, you know, they get it's, everybody gets, yeah, into, gets into, like I said, it's a personal choice. But for, for a UFC athlete, I mean, even – even those who fought in New York, like like those who are vaccinated, could go to restaurants and other places, while those who weren't had to eat food in their hotel rooms. I mean, you yeah. know that that enough should be like be like, oh, I can't go to dinner with my team because we're not vaccinated, while all these vaccinated people are out, you know, having having their Friday night, you know, post weigh in steakhouse meal that you know that is <laughs> that is you know that the vast majority of fighters do because they're replenishing and you know eating red meat's a good way to replenish you know you know so at at the yeah and and if at the end of the day then at that point you're just being stubborn um so back up for just a second what was the name of that podcast that um that you said that uh ally kinta does it's a calm call me al show the call me al show yeah yeah that's the name of his podcast can you hear that no Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you could. I know what you're probably, you're probably playing that Paul Simon song. Man walks down the street, he says, why am I soft in the middle now? Yeah. I thought maybe you might be able to hear it. Nope. Anyways, sorry. (laughs) All right. So we got one more thing on this show. Uh, Unless you, you don't have any more news, right? I don't think so. (laughs) No. uh, The, yeah, I'm just looking at your, oh no, that was, yeah, there wasn't hardly any fight announcements, just two fights and Brendan Allen, Mallory Martin. Um, so, uh, do, do, do. Yeah. So we got the big payback. Um, so I was going to wait to tell you this, um, until, you know, we were closer to the end of the year, but we're almost at the end of the year now. Um, we did horrible this week. Oh yeah. Uh, did we you did. look? <laughs> yeah. So, so promise won the week. Um, and promise was one in three with a $200 loss and he won. Yeah. Uh, you know how you did. I think I did 0-5. Yeah. Yeah. $500 loss. Um, I was 0-5 as well. And we picked different fights. So, um, yeah. Uh, I don't even want to get into how much I've lost for the year. Um, th- this segment... Is this segment is done? We're yeah, uh, we're gonna we're not doing we're not we're not doing this anymore. We're not like we might finish the year, but we're we're done. 
we're not we're not doing betting picks anymore we might do a best bet we might like i don't know maybe we'll do just best bets or something we'll we'll talk off air but we're not doing this written column anymore because i can't in good faith pretend to be giving people betting advice when i've lost twenty six hundred dollars over the yeah. course of a year yeah <laughs> um you know what i i could tell you the shoot reason that we're not doing this but that's reason enough right there um we'll continue to talk about you know you maybe we'll do a little segment on the show and say hey you know what these are good if you're into, if you're into gambling here's what i like but we're not giving you best bets because they don't work um maybe promise can do his own column if he wants because he's not doing too bad but uh we we had a good year last year and this year has not been good you're you're not too too bad but you're in the you're in the red now and and i am way in the red so yeah uh this this thing's done um and we got no picks because there's no show next weekend so i'm gonna bet i got a hundred dollars on ryan eating way too much stuffing um and uh (laughs) that should be like a minus two thousand odds right there hey you know what i'll take it i'll take it that's 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 five dollars on my one thousand dollar bet i'll take it uh you know that'll get me just a little bit back into towards the black um and then of course watch you you break your neck you end up in the hospital and, and you don't get your thing hey 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 bucks. hey hey that's, that's not, what a horrible thing to say come on well man. no if i put a bet on it that's what's gonna happen so i won't put a bet on it but how come about on. that i i don't think i don't think they'll take my bet anyways um there's probably some mma show somewhere out there this weekend if if you really want to see it um although in your column you mentioned that there is no <laughs> mma events this coming I, I weekend did, i couldn't even find i couldn't even find a show that'd be on be on ufc fight pass <laughs> or else well I maybe not ufc there. fight pass but i mean grabaka hitman's usually got yeah you know what the next yeah. major show is bellator 272 and that's uh yeah. a week from friday that's my wife's birthday so i will not be watching that show um oh man so that one's, if got, a you're, good, that one's got a great main event though <laughs> watch yeah the I'll, i mean maybe i'll watch yeah i'll watch <laughs> the replay um so uh that's just about gonna do it um so if you're listening to this on tuesday as you probably are uh if you if you haven't already and maybe you haven't check out the uh interview that i'm doing on my youtube channel with john laraca i'll be recording this as soon as ryan and i wrap up here that's the grandpa des show on uh on the grandpa des youtube channel uh that that's on there so john laraca of uh of the take it home podcast on this very network uh he'll be on there and the and the raw 97 show with uh, garrett gonzalez and uh he does the fight game podcast on the wrestling observer website and uh, wrestling promoter all that great stuff um and i've got the dynamite show on wednesday uh ryan will have no column this week for an mma preview but he does have the mma roundup so if you haven't already check that out um i bookmark that i read it every monday and check out ryan's uh, uh recap of this past weekend show that'll be in the observer that comes out this weekend the uh, thanksgiving yeah, edition the re- which is the, the wrestling observer newsletter for those who yeah, not know. that's one of the uh, one of the most widely read um, uh, issues of the year every year, actually, believe it or not, according to Dave. So uh, a lot of people are reading that one. And uh, Ryan, uh, you got anything else you want to plug before you sign off? No, no, no. I think that's it. I'm I'm going to I'm going to enjoy my week away from MMA and probably away from Twitter. So so if you don't hear from me, don't worry about me. I'll put it to you that way. Yeah. And, and, 
If you don't hear from me, it's just another uh, Saturday. Um, so and there's it, a very obvious sign. On and if you live Go ahead. in the Dallas, if you live in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and you want to find me anytime this week other than Thursday, check out Texas Card House Poker Room. You'll probably find me there this oh. week, some point. There you go. Um, that's so how there's enjoy, a very that's obvious. How that's how I enjoy my week off is gambling away a bunch of money, a bunch of actual money yeah. instead of this fake money I've lost on these betting. <laughs> I wish I wish I could do that. So there there's a normal there's a normal sign off that you usually do every week, and there's a very obvious sign off that you need to do this week. But let's see if you pick it up. So Ryan, oh, I, I take it home. I'm going to say I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Usually I say enjoy the fights this week, but there's not. So enjoy stuffing your faces and watching yes. football on Thursday, Thursday because yes. that's what I'll be doing. And everybody have a great week. Later.